Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization with a mission to mobilize the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Last year, their Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, or VITA program, helped 1,400 households file their taxes for free. This year, the expanded child tax credit is available to Chautauqua County households with children, even if they don't normally file taxes or have a recent income. Nearly every parent or caregiver of a child with a Social Security number can receive up to $3,600 per child, and it's not too late. Learn more at getctc.org chq. It only takes about 15 minutes online to claim the child tax credit and learn about eligibility. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of Community Radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit UASCC.org or UnitedWayNCC.org. You've been listening to Community Matters. Congressman Joe Sumpolinski discusses town hall meetings he plans to hold in the district in his weekly media call. I'm happy to uh, once again be talking to everybody, and uh, I'm also very happy to announce today, and we've talked about this on previous calls, uh, how committed I am to the town hall meeting format. So I wanted to use uh, the call today to announce we're going to be kicking off our town hall meeting program this weekend. Um, and our goal, as I've mentioned on previous calls, is to try and do one town hall meeting in every county in the 23rd district. So that's 11 town hall meetings. Uh, and do that before we go back into session for the lame duck session after the election. You know, these town hall meetings are, are going to give me an opportunity, obviously, to hear, uh, you know, my friends and neighbors and constituents' thoughts and concerns. Uh, so I can take good ideas and concerns from the 23rd District uh, back down to Washington. And uh, I think it's always better to make sure the ideas are flowing in that direction as opposed to um, bad ideas from Washington, D.C. being inflicted on the people back home. It's better to have the wisdom of the people from the districts going into Washington, D.C. as we're making uh, uh, policy. So if you're going to be a good representative, you need to listen to the people. You need to listen to the people that you work for. Uh, I work for the people of the 23rd District, so uh, I want to make sure I'm in close contact with them and they have the opportunity to express to me what their issues, concerns are. Um, So this Saturday... We're going to be doing three town hall meetings. Uh, the first one is going to be in Irwin, the town of Irwin in Steuben County. And uh, that is the town I grew up in. And I thought it was appropriate uh, to start there. That's the community that uh, raised me. And uh, we're going to be uh, in the town of Irwin starting. Then we're going to the town of Manchester, uh, the Clifton Springs area in Ontario County. And then the third and final one of the day on Saturday is going to be in Seneca Falls in Seneca County. So we're going to be hitting Irwin in Steuben County, the town of Manchester in Ontario County, and the town of Seneca Falls um, in Seneca County. Um, And we do have other ones lined up uh, uh, the 22nd, so not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. uh, You know, we're going to be in uh, Ithaca. We're going to be in Horseheads. on the 25th of October, we're going to be in Watkins Glen. Uh, on the 5th of November, 
uh, we're going to be in Frewsburg in Chautauqua County. And we just, just in the last few minutes, uh, locked up. We're going to be doing a town hall meeting coming up here in, uh, in Yates County as well. And then uh, we're in the process of firming up times and locations uh, for the other counties of the district. And our usual standard operating procedure is to have Frank send a press release out after the press call. And we'll be doing the same this week, and I'll have the details of the town hall meetings that have been confirmed as of this date. But, of course, we want to highlight the ones that are coming up this weekend. Again, Irwin, Manchester, and Seneca Falls. Uh, so, and any ones that get locked down uh, going forward that aren't locked down today will announce uh, as, as soon as they are uh, firmed up. So, these are open to the public. People can come. They can ask any question of me they want to ask. And uh, I'm happy to not only answer those questions, but learn uh, from the people about what their priorities uh, and concerns are. This is uh, democracy at its finest, and uh, I'm always happy to listen to the people of the 23rd District. And with that, I will uh, open it up to questions. Okay, let's start with Greg from WDOE. And yes, good morning, Congressman. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, you mentioned uh, one of the stops on your uh, tour, your uh, town hall tour, is going to be in Frewsburg, you said November 5th? Uh, that is correct. We'll do it at the town of Carroll Town Hall in Frewsburg. And that's okay. going um, to be in the morning, 8 a.m. Okay. Uh, do you know if there are going to be any other uh, town hall meetings uh, taking place in Chautauqua County um, around that time? Um. As I said, our, we are limited time, which is sort of the theme of my term in office, limited time. Uh, so we are going to try and do uh, one in each county in this format. Now, of course, I get out to Chautauqua County uh, frequently. I love getting out to Chautauqua County. So we will certainly uh, be out and about in all portions of Chautauqua County uh, in other formats, you know, meeting with uh, elected officials and, and businesses and that sort of thing. So it's not like this will be my only time uh, in uh, Chautauqua County where I'll be available to, to talk to folks. But uh, right. that, uh, just uh, in the interest of uh, simplicity, uh, in this particular format, our current goal is to have one in each county in the district. That way everybody uh, gets a chance to uh, express their opinion, and we'll, that sort of guarantees that we're in uh, as spread out throughout the district as possible. I want to make sure that not just... Um, uh, one end of the district gets town hall meetings, or the other end of the district gets town hall meetings. I want to be in, in every uh, corner of the district. All right. Very good. Thanks, Joe. Yep. Next, we'll go to Elizabeth from TAP into Greater Olean. Good morning, Congressman. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, so my question, in the letter you co-signed to Commissioner Betty Rosa and the New York State um, Department of Education, and says the most recent national... Association of Education progress showed staggering levels of, levels of learning loss nationwide. What do you think needs to be done, or what would you like to see done at the federal and state levels to help students make up for these losses? Yeah, I'm glad you uh, highlighted that letter. That's something we've been talking about. Yeah. And what we're looking for is transparency. We want to make sure that uh, we have the information at all levels of government to make the best decisions to deal with learning loss. You can't deal with a problem unless you know what the problem is, you know how severe it is, you know who it's most affecting uh, compared to uh, which students uh, uh, in different groups are being affected uh, more. 
And this is data that is usually released. This is unusual, the circumstances where it has not been released, and they've qualified uh, the release of the data that has come out uh, as preliminary as opposed to final. You know, it's very odd uh, and very concerning. So as federal lawmakers, obviously we want to have the best data available uh, to deal with learning loss and other educational issues, but we want to make sure that the state uh, policymakers have the same information, that uh, the public has that information, parents have that information, uh, who are the prime educators of their children. The uh, uh, local school districts, the teachers, we want everybody to have the information. Uh, it's made public. And uh, we're very concerned on the uh, Education and Labor Committee. Uh, this letter was led by Chris Jacobs, who also serves mm -hmm. on Education and Labor, and also serves on the Subcommittee on Early Childhood, Primary, and Secondary Education, which I serve on as well. So this is Chris and I serve on the Prime Committee that covers these issues, and, and we're very concerned on that subcommittee and on the full committee as to how children have been impacted by the COVID pandemic, how children have been impacted by uh, long periods of remote learning where they're not in the classroom, uh, by uh, all the different restrictions that have been placed on their education. And if we have a cohort of students that have long-term learning loss, that's going to be with us for decades as these folks move into the workforce, as these folks move into adulthood. So if there's a problem, we need to know who that problem is affecting. We need to know the subject areas it's affecting the most. We need to know all the information that can be obtained so that we can deal with that problem now and make sure that uh, you know, any supplemental education or new techniques or uh, whatever may be able to help these students overcome this learning loss and, and learn from the different practices that are going on that are working throughout the country, uh, we need to know now, as soon as possible, what the problem exactly is so that we make sure the solutions that we construct, federal, state, local, and in the home, are tailored to those problems. Uh -huh. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll go to Jack from The Observer. Um, it's actually Greg Baker, but that's fine. Okay. Uh, with the Observer and Post Journal. Um, I know you got your town hall meetings coming up, uh, but I'm sure you've been talking to residents, uh, you know, now and over the past few weeks. What have been the top three issues that your office has been, uh, people have brought up to your office, uh, particularly with elections coming up? Yeah, I mean, the top issues that I'm hearing about, number one, is I hear about people's concerns about inflation. Um, this is uh, uh, an area that affects everybody. This is a rural district. Most people, whether it's out your way in Chautauqua County or whether it's in the other 10 counties in the congressional district, they drive to work. They need to put gas in their car. We have a situation also in this district is it gets real cold in the winter, and people have to heat their homes. And if that's more expensive, now you've got a public safety issue. Uh, people got to feed their kids. You know, this is an ongoing issue that's not a partisan issue. It's not an ideological issue. If you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, you're an independent, you got to put gas in your car, you got to feed your kids, you got to deal with all these issues. So that, I would say, inflation is number one. The other issue, and I think this is one of the biggest issues in New York State, but it's also an issue nationwide, is uh, uh, crime, levels of crime, public safety. You know, that gets a lot of attention, and especially in light of the New York State bail reform law. Uh, that's We just had uh, a situation with Congressman Zeldin where he wasn't home, his daughters were home, and there was a shooting 
on his front lawn. You know, that, that is something that shouldn't be inflicted on anybody. You know, I have two daughters. I'm, I, you know, that, that scares the heck out of me uh, to have that being going on uh, in the state. So I think that is uh, a major issue that, that's going to be uh, a major issue in not only the state elections, but the national elections. And then just generally, uh, people feel, and that's one of the reasons we're doing the town hall meeting to deal with this third issue, is people feel their government doesn't listen to them, that they feel disconnected from their government. Uh, that could be federal, that could be state. And that's why I'm so committed to accessibility. That's why I'm so committed to the town hall meeting format. If you come to one of my town hall meetings, you can ask me any question you want to ask me. They're not, they're not, you can, you, we'll, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll turn in the question flips so people uh, can be fair, so somebody aren't shouting over other people, but we don't censor the questions. Uh, we don't know them ahead of time. People can come and they can ask, and I'm usually, you know, we'll be available uh, a couple of minutes probably before if we're running a little ahead of schedule, and certainly I'd want to talk to people if they have uh, more uh, specific questions after the town hall. Uh, but the goal is, so at least the people in this congressional district know, without doubt, that the person that speaks for them on the floor of the House of Representatives and is charged with being their representative, my title is representative, I speak for the people of this district, that at least that guy is listening to them. And, you know, we're not always going to necessarily agree on every issue. You know, there's certainly people in the 23rd Congressional District that have a different point of view on particular issues than the point of view that that I'm uh, that I have or that the majority of the district has but I'm I'm going to listen to everybody and make sure that it at least in that area their member of the House of Representatives at the federal level is willing to listen to that thank you very much thank you okay next we'll go to Terry Frank media one radio yes good morning congressman morning Terry how you doing I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, just getting off COVID, actually. Um, oh, I did want to ask a little... Yeah. <laughs> well, my dad got it and he shared. Uh, um, anyways, uh, I, I see in, on the AP today that President Biden says there will be consequences for Saudi Arabia as they begin reevaluating the U.S. relationship with them. Uh, I do know that uh, Senator Blumenthal and your fellow congressman, uh, Ro Khanna from uh, California, have introduced legislation immediately pausing all U.S. arms sales to Saudi Arabia. How do, how do you feel about that? Yeah, last I heard was they, they wanted to pause uh, arms sales to Saudi Arabia. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, so I, I, I got cut off. So I'm assuming you want my reaction to that. Well, first of all, it's a real sign of President Biden's weakness to have uh, him request OPEC not reduce production, and then they uh, uh, reduce production. That, that just shows uh, how little uh, they think of the, of the president. Now, I'm certainly open to considering uh, reductions in arms sales to the uh, Saudi Arabia regime. Obviously, they have a uh, human rights record that has uh, some, uh, so a lot of concern. Uh, so that's uh, certainly legislation that I'm open to reviewing. And uh, But before, obviously, I commit to any particular piece of legislation, uh, quite often the devil is in the details. And so you want to look it over uh, thoroughly and make sure that uh, uh, 
what is on the top line is actually what's happening in the bill, and there aren't other things in there that uh, are maybe something I wouldn't uh, wouldn't want to be a part of. But that's something I, I would. Uh, that's legislation I'll certainly review. All right. Very good. Thank you. Okay. We'll go to Julia from WRFA News. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning. So my question actually kind of follows up with what Terry asked and uh, about other legislation. And I saw that there were three House representatives who have introduced a bill to remove U.S. troops and missile defense systems from Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates uh, in response to what OPEC has done and then move those troops to somewhere else. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that legislation or on, on doing that kind of action? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, like the previous question, I'm going to have to review the details of the legislation. Um, when it gets into um, the movements uh, of our troops, the placements of our troops, the first people I'm going to want to hear from on whether that's good legislation or not is, of course, the folks in the Department of Defense, uh, the folks that are charged with uh, protecting our nation. And we need to do what's in the interest of the United States of America uh, first. Uh, so I would want to listen very carefully to what uh, the leadership of our national security apparatus has to say where the best placement uh, of our troops are. Uh, obviously, we have economic interests in the Middle East. We have political interests in the Middle East. But uh, when it comes to where we place uh, American military assets, uh, the first concern is the security interests that may be in that area. So I would want to be fully uh, fully brought to speed on what they have to say about it. Uh, but again, it's legislation that I will review. Okay. And also, you've been talking about inflation, and we're hearing uh, more warnings that the U.S. could be in a recession in six to nine months. Is there anything that uh, Congress can do to stem the tide of that from coming as it we all well, expected to? First of all, we're already in a recession. You know, the, the president's played games with the definition of recession. We've, we've had multiple back-to-back quarters of uh, GDP loss. So we, no matter what Joe Biden tells you, we're already in a recession. Um, and the biggest thing that we can do on the congressional side is get back to fiscal responsibility. We have a lot of loose cash that's been injected into the economy uh, that has greatly exacerbated the inflation problem uh and so we need less of that we need less spending uh, uh from uh that's that's unnecessary spending uh that is, is creating the inflation problem if we get back to a government that's the correct size and scale that's fiscally responsible that leaves more money in the pockets of americans instead of money being sent in uh to washington dc into the into uh into the federal government, uh, that is the single best thing we can do to get us out of the recession that we are in. Good. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right, Joe, we have time for one more. We'll go back to Brian from WLEA. Hello there. Hi again. Hi, Joe. Yep, I'm here. Okay. Um, Republicans have been talking for a long time about the 2019 criminal justice reforms causing problems for New York State, especially bail reform. Are there any plans uh, to work on legislation from Washington, D.C. to change that? Yeah, I think uh, that's something that's going to get a lot of attention. Um, now, obviously, there's constitutional issues, so there's only so much that we can do from Washington. 
Uh, I do believe uh, states have uh, the right for things that, to control things that were in, within the state's purview under the Constitution. Uh, the single biggest thing we can do is, uh, is people exercising their vote November 8th uh, and uh, voting for people that may have a different perspective on uh, the bail reform, so-called bail reform issue, the cashless bail issue. Um, so there, I, I certainly, I'm not saying there aren't law roles that the federal government plays, because certainly they do. Uh, uh, we have, obviously, a large law enforcement apparatus at the federal government uh, through the Department of Justice. Uh, but uh, we need change at the state of New York uh, to really get to the heart of this particular crime issue. New York is an epicenter of this because of the cashless bail, the so-called bail reform law. That is not a law I support. It should be changed. But there's also, throughout the United States, increasingly uh, uh, disrespect for our law enforcement, uh, calls for defunding of law enforcement that have come from uh, people that are on the opposite side of the aisle for me. So as a society, I think we need to uh, stand with those who are standing for us and law enforcement, certainly hold accountable anyone that betrays the public trust who are in that role. Uh, but we need to get back to uh, a law and order for the benefit of all of us, for the benefit of, of people that are living uh, in our community to make sure that uh, they're safe. Uh, and as I, as I said earlier, you know, this is not a partisan issue. If you're somebody that lives in a Democrat area or a Republican area, somebody that lives in an urban area, a rural area, whether you, no matter what your particular background is, you deserve to be safe. You deserve to go about your life free from uh, assault, free from crime. And uh, whether that's the state government, the federal government, or the local government, that's one of the first duties of government is to keep people safe and enforce the law. And uh, we need to do a better job of that at every level of government. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Joe, that does it for today. All right, thanks so much. And uh, uh, I'm really excited about the upcoming town hall meetings. And uh, I think we're going to learn a lot of good ideas and get a great perspective from the people. And I appreciate every one of you uh, for what you do, uh, uh, spreading the word as to what's going on in Washington, D.C. So thank you very much for being on the call. That was a weekly media call with Representative Joe Sempolinski.